Moonstruck with Clark and Alyssa. Clark, will you be my Valentine? <laughs> Anytime. Aww. Yeah. That's so sweet of you. We could roam the halls of Hogwarts and... Disgust everyone there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shoot roses at people. I'll even wear pink, just so McGonagall can glare at me. <laughs> wow. You'd wear pink for that? Yeah. 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 Wow. Might be worth it. That's what it takes. Although I think I would get, I would get some un- unwanted attention from Lockhart for acknowledging a holiday that he clearly loves uh, more than anything in the world. Lockhart is such a cheeseball. It's, it's going to be really hard to, uh, if it turns out he's the bad guy, it's going to be hard for me to reconcile all this love. You know, I mean, he clearly he's clearly full of love. It's most of the time for himself. This is true. This he's is just true. opening himself up for an opportunity for for other people to express their love for him. It's true. <laughs> he wrote Hermione that really nice card. Yes. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> no comment. All right. So <laughs> maybe this is how like he marks his targets is by sending them a nice card. If you were to go to, like... like, oh, she... I think I'm losing the affections of this one. I need Mm -hmm. to reel her back in. Reel her back in. Personalized note. She hasn't been around my class for a while staring at me. Gotta Mm -hmm. rope it in. Hmm. I wonder if he also wrote a note to Nearly Headless Nick before he offed him. Happy birthday, he said. Not realizing that it was a death day because he's a bloke, so... Mm Because he's a bloke? He's a bloke. Dudes just can't tell the difference between life and death. <laughs> he's, he's just a, he's just a, just a silly dude. Hmm. So uh, what else happened in chapter uh, 12 of <laughs> Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, Alyssa? Well, this, yeah, this episode we're talking about chapters 12 and 13. Mm. So chapter 12 is the very secret diary. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, Lockhart loves Valentine's Day, and Harry finds out, he finds the diary of Tom Riddle, and Mm -hmm. takes a flashback trip through the pages, where he learns that Hagrid was expelled for opening the Chamber of Secrets. It's very much a movie trick, but they use it in a book. Yeah. How about that? I I was trying to remember if Sorcerer's Stone used any kind of flashback, anything. I don't think we got any flashbacks. Mm, I feel like Hermione had whoa, Harry had some flashbacks to, like, oh, he remembered a dark figure standing over him as the pain shot through his forehead or something like that. Yeah, dreams. He had dreams. Yeah, he had dreams. Yep. Yeah. But not flashbacks through a book. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, this is is clearly the first time we've experienced this. It's cool, though. Felt cinematic. Felt, uh, felt, uh, like, a very clever illusion where it's like he actually was running around and in this whole virtual reality. Real neat. Hmm. He conveniently ran all the places that that he needed to go. <laughs> Isn't it? In it. But and you and uh what I am uh coining as Yungledor. Yes! I was gonna say it if you did. Thank you so much. Uh Door. I'm so glad you went there. <laughs> that needed to happen. With auburn hair. Yes. Ooh. But the same kind of beard. Yeah, same kind of beard, I, I think same it eyes. mentions the beard it was still, still as long. Yeah, uh, how old do we know Dumbledore to be? Has that been said? I don't think we know, but I think we know he's quite old because hmm. he is friends with Nicholas Flamel, and uh, they made the Sorcerer's Stone, 
and Nicholas Flamel used the Sorcerer's Stone, but I think it's also fair to assume that Dumbledore used it from time to time to extend his life. Really? I think. Whoa, this was never mentioned. Kind of like Harry's dad. Well, I mean, this is cloak. this is fifty years ago. Well, this is true. Yeah. And he has auburn hair, and he's still alive. And I don't know. He doesn't. He didn't really give off a very young, a youthful vibe hmm. to me. He didn't give off much of a different vibe from the Dumbledore that we know now. Well, yeah. I mean, it took Harry a second. He recognized him with his voice. Yeah, that's hard to say. I guess I never considered Dumbledore using the, the. Uh, stone interesting things to think about didn't Fl- flamel's dead right flamel uh, decided to destroy the stone he decided to destroy the stone oh but he hasn't i think he will he yet. will die of natural causes and i can't imagine that well i mean maybe <laughs> could be maybe you do that and it's like <laughs> I just took arsenic, and it's it's going to be another eh, 15 minutes. Yeah, it's a little portrait of Dorian Gray where all of a sudden he just ages just all those years at once. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. So Alyssa and I are currently, uh, just to, to set the stage on this December night, we are sitting surrounded by like 20 inches of snow. Yes. <laughs> Record snowfall. And uh, we've had to shovel many, many times today, her, her house, because even though you have a four-wheel drive, lucky... And uh, I almost got stuck on my residential street. Yeah. And I'm honestly not sure if I'll be able to leave my house tomorrow. We... Yeah, it's not worth it. <laughs> we'll see. Rogue One, Alyssa. Rogue One. All right. Gotta see it. All right. Uh, no spoilers on Twitter, please. So anyway, we're the sitting around. Chances are by the time you've heard this, we haven't even been able to get out of our house. Today. Yeah, that's very true. We're still here. Send wine. <laughs> and maybe help. <laughs> So anyway, we're nice and cozy. I hope you guys are too, uh, because chapter had <clears throat> a lot in it, uh, and we learn a lot of things, like who opened the Chamber of Secrets, da-da-da, Hagrid, apparently. Could you believe it? Could I believe it? Uh, I could see Hagrid opening it by accident, or not, or Hagrid opening it not fully understanding uh, what it meant or what it was. But the problem is, he's not of the air. I mean, really. Do you th- I mean, he could be. How do you know? He could be, but, like, he's not, though. He's not. I, d- I don't know. It just feels... It, it doesn't sit right with me. It just doesn't. Do you know anything about his parents at this point? I'm trying to remember. I don't think No, we, we don't know anything about his parents. I think, um... I'm sure he's pure blood, but... Well, he's half giant. Are there full blood giant wizards? We haven't we haven't talked about it. I don't ah, know. Interesting, because I didn't know giants could be wizards. If they could, then he could be pure blood. But I, I bet he's half blood. Well, he could also be an unrecognized, like so someone had had an oops baby over here. Oh, he could be. And then that started a whole new line of of the Slytherin blood and yeah but i don't think i don't think that the malfoy guy would hate him so much if he was pure blood but he was an oops baby this is true like no one even knows yeah he could just be the undiscovered half-blood prince or something the prisoner of azkaban or something (laughs) (laughs) name another one we've we've already got the order of the well he's gonna be (laughs) 
<laughs> Lining him up. Uh, he, he is the Deathly Hallows. <laughs> well, he might go to be a prisoner in Azkaban, but that's next chapter. <laughs> On this chapter, there are a bunch of dwarves wreaking havoc. Oh my gosh. Were the, it was dwarves, right? Oh, yeah. And I imagine them with, like, half-smoked cigars in their mouths. Oh, and, yeah. And, like, you know, five o'clock shadows. They're wearing tank tops. They're partially balding. These are not pleasant things that you want uh, tackling you. They probably you. smell bad. Yeah, yeah. They're probably leering at the girls. Mm-hmm. It's just all around bad. It's they... a bad taste for Lockhart. You'd think that he'd like be obsessed with the, the uh, aesthetic of Valentine's Day. Yeah, I think he sees all things smaller than humans as, as like elves. He's like, you're small. I can use you as a movie extra as an Ewok, you know? Why, why can't you just like commission a bunch of house elves <laughs> they'd be significantly cuter i think i think dobby's probably cuter than these dudes Alyssa, he and couldn't... their actual servants yeah but he couldn't put any <laughs> wings on him duh he'd set him free and then you have a bunch of free house elves wearing angel wings are wings clothes <laughs> <laughs> for victoria's secret they are <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> oh. <laughs> we're not gonna get anything done this chapter Bye. are we shouldn't have had wine keeping it in though so (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) all right so i'm wondering why everyone at hogwarts hates valentine's day except for lockhart there's like this absolute hatred of expression of love do you think that's a the narrator bias though i mean it's clear that the teachers don't like it but why why do the teachers not like it is it because they're all a bunch of old spinster teachers (laughs) Uh, I mean, McGonagall, when was the last time she found a suitor? Who knows? Uh, maybe maybe she's a widow. That'd be sad. Sad. Hmm. Dumbledore certainly doesn't seem to have anyone on the, on the line. I mean, yeah, she could be a spinster. When, when Lockhart's, like, trying to encourage the kids to learn something mm-hmm. Valentine's Day related, and, like, they all just, like, cover <laughs> their eyes and look just, like... They they want everything about this moment to pass and also not ever have happened. Uh, especially Snape. Oh, Snape. The idea of Asking Snape contrary to love, love potion. potion. <laughs> I hope there's fan art of that. I really hope there's fan art of Snape trying to make some kind of love potion. <sighs> if there's not, it should exist. I mean, I could see the irresponsibility of that magic of, like, love potions are incredibly dangerous. Yeah, and yeah. And conjuring, like, charming people to be affectionate and it's, things like that. That's It's robbing people of their agency. So yeah, there's that's that. Yeah. But I feel like the alternative is for them to, like, put a stop to it and be like, no, 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 here's why we won't do X, Y, and Z. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you're really interested, we can theme our lesson, but it will be, like, how to, like... Like how to uh, put a message on a candy heart that changes based on who's yeah. looking at it. Or yeah. How to bewitch your paper to like show hearts on it when the right person reads it or mm-hmm. something. How <laughs> like, to blow pink smoke. Yeah. yeah. All sorts of like fun things. You you could do things that are actual and then and then you can sort of twist it. Like a good teacher would be able to take a themed lesson like that mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. say, Okay, and then here's how like we did this kind of frivolous thing, but the roots are like you can actually bewitch this paper to Mm -hmm. be invisible to people who are not the right people and then you've created a message or something give those dwarves real angel wings why not why not so it's a big world Alyssa. because then they'll go freeing all the house elves because clothes (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Just saying. It's a lot of house elves running around with angel wings doing whatever they feel like doing. Why? It's a problem. Stealing socks. So... <clears throat> I just remember when I was in high school and we did singing valentines. They were, like, really fun. But it was fun to be on the delivering end, not yeah. the receiving end. I was only... I, I mean, I received a couple, but I was mostly on the delivering end. I did a singing telegram, I think, every year except for maybe one. And then even for that one, I was a balloon carrier. So I was the one who handed them the balloon, which made them very happy. So... Yeah, it was funny. Led to some great moments. Uh, do you think Ginny wrote the letter? I mean, I guess you know, but... I'm not going to answer that. Do you think Ginny wrote it? I don't think there's any way Draco would know. I think that's pure speculation, but... Uh, I think that that was a cheap shot for him to call it out. It was a very like, cheap shot. This girl clearly has a massive crush on you, yeah. and you're right here, was, and you look mortified, it, so... It's a super low blow. One of these days, Draco's going to get punched real hard in the face, and he's probably going to... Mm. Gonna, that would be nice. Yeah. He's going to feel it. Though, I do want to bring up, uh, you, even though in the pre-show you didn't really ride with this as much, but I think Ron was a huge jerk in this chapter. Whole chapter. Huge I, jerk. I didn't pick up on it, although I did pick up on uh, his sort of perpetual naysaying. Yeah, because with when they found the notebook, he's like, oh, there's nothing in the notebook. Oh, just throw it out. Oh, why are you even wasting time on this? Oh, this is so stupid. And then, like, they figure out, who it's from and they go to the trophy room and he's like oh stupid trophy i didn't polish the trophy so many why are we in here i hate the trophy room and then uh i don't think that was his attitude about the trophy room he's like oh i know the name of that guy because Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. i mean if you you polish the same thing a hundred times you'll learn the name i don't know It, it took i guess he was described as um unconvinced i think hmm but either way, I don't know. He just rubbed me the wrong way, especially when this chapter starts with him pulling out the letter from under Hermione's pillow and reading it, which in my mind is a huge violation of Hermione's privacy. I, he is also an older brother with a little sister, and he probably is used to undermining her privacy as well. Mm, this is true. This is true. And he, so he learned all of his relation with girls from how he treats Ginny and probably how Fred and George treat Ginny, which is let's harass her endlessly. This is true. And so, I guess Hermione is sister status. Like at this point, I think so. Yeah, we'll see. Like it's it's clearly there there was a wide open shot for something to change and it was Valentine's Day and it was a big deal at Hogwarts. Yeah. And no one did anything among these three. So they're twelve. 12-year-olds often either deliver a really awkward note or don't say anything at all. (laughs) This is true. This is very true. (laughs) So a lot of of pink, a lot of McGonagall's eyes twitching and all this funny goodness. Um, And then the Diary of Tom Riddle, which was thrown in a toilet. Uh, Have you ever tried to flush a book down a toilet, Alyssa? How'd that... Hmm. Let's just say yes. How'd that go for you, Alyssa? <laughs> I immediately needed a plunger. <laughs> yeah. See, that's what happens when you throw down anything that's not, you know, vaguely tube-shaped and semi-solid down a toilet, is it backs it up. So... <laughs> these are these are witches and wizards. They don't understand, like, <laughs> logic, as we have learned. <laughs> and they don't learn math. So there's no geometry, none of that, no physics. Oh, that's a really good point. (laughs) How do they not have magic toilets that can take whatever's thrown at them? 
It, it, that is an out of order. That, that's an old restroom. It's it's like it still has light bulbs. I stand by the like. There's the light bulbs and the torches. Yeah, there's the yeah. like someone upgraded one teeny tiny part of the bathroom, but couldn't afford all the rest of the upgrades because they could not stand moaning Myrtle. And they donated things, but they're a directed donation of you have to use this for this thing. And Dumbledore is looking at it like, but we need new toilets. <laughs> we don't need another way to light this bathroom. <laughs> you already have torches. And light bulbs. And the torches, uh. fire still burns. <laughs> like, uh, oh, well. Poor guys. So a diary down a toilet. Uh, there was a hint here. Ooh, maybe this is in the next chapter. I'm not entirely sure. But uh, someone had the diary, tried to get rid of it, and then got the diary back from Harry's room. But while they were tearing apart the room, it mentioned that there were like a few pages ripped out of travels with trolls that Harry had to step over. And I'm like, Ooh, I don't know if Lockhart would rip pages out of his own book. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. So either that was a nod I think that to was the, the second next chapter? The next chapter, but uh, that's fine. Yeah. We'll, we'll just talk about it here. Cause I already invested yeah. lots of paragraphs into it. So yeah, it says he was stepping over like a couple pages of travels with trolls. And I'm like, huh, who would, I don't think Lockhart would rip out pages of his own book. But maybe it was just a way to reference Lockhart while describing the scene. Or maybe there's some Lockhart thinks that he gave something away in those pages, and so he wants to take them away. Could be. Hmm. He can't reference this. He would just assume that Harry's reading all his books. <laughs> they're loose pages. They're not They're not taken out. They're loose pages. Oh. So, but it says he stepped over a couple loose pages. Treading on a few loose pages. Loose doesn't mean set aside from or set apart from? They're like, yeah, but they're pulled out, but they weren't taken away. Oh, they're still there. okay, okay. Hmm. So my bet is someone, you know, going through books, trying to find this little diary, just doing just, it so frantically, they ripped apart a couple books. Hmm, makes sense. Well, that's for next chapter. I have a few more things to say about that whole scene, too, because uh, mm -hmm. I, I think they, the students made some assumptions they shouldn't have. But... <clears throat> As you do when you're 12 and As you're a terrible you detective. <laughs> <laughs> the terrible detective. Uh, Harry Potter and the ter terrible detectives. <laughs> Harry Potter and the should have told someone. <laughs> We're so good at book titles, Alyssa. Uh, winning book titles. <laughs> uh, so um, there's, there's a point in there where Lockhart uh, acts like he scared the air off. He's like, oh, man, because there's couple months that it goes without yeah any incident and he keeps touching his nose like he's like he's a old wise baseball coach just knock it to the stands ding that's the sound of him touching his nose <laughs> i i sort of imagine him doing that as like this is code like you touch your nose too oh yeah yeah when you're when when you to so we can talk and like recognize fellow yeah Feather, uh, fellow, uh, like, higher-minded individuals. Yes, or, or perhaps traitors, or perhaps... Oh, yes. The official yeah. Slytherin code is tap your nose. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's yet another Voldemort reference waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. That's Poor funny. Voldemort. <laughs> what a day. <laughs> Snow has got me in a good mood, Alyssa. I'm glad. I've also been stuck in my house all day drinking wine, so... Yeah, I'm jealous I'm not on your level. 
That's all right. That's all right. <clears throat> so we uh, we go on a little flashback journey with Tom Riddle. Including a dramatic no <laughs> from Hagrid as the spider like runs away. He's like, no, in all caps. And I'm like, wow, that was that was really a moment. I uh, my question for you is mm-hmm. um, so this is a, a diary. Mm-hmm. How reliable is Tom Riddle? Uh, that's part of why I don't think it's Hagrid. I, it was, it, I mean, all the evidence points to Hagrid, but all the evidence that Tom had acquired. And and it's like, well, if we were just following the evidence that teenagers had accrued, then it would totally be Malfoy, right? So it's like, I think we've been shown time and time again that assumptions make a silly-looking person out of everyone. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think... Tom definitely was on to something. I think you mean Democrat. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'm trying to remember the reference. (laughs) There's a reference in an earlier episode. Anyway, I I think Hagrid was definitely up to no good. And I think that he was probably keeping a large spider on grounds that he shouldn't have, which would probably lead him, like lead to him sneaking out a lot, trying to feed it, trying to take care of it. I could see how that would look really suspicious. Uh, and I could see how, you know, maybe Hagrid seems likable. And I could see why Tom Riddle wouldn't want to tell on him. And, and he might not even really believe that it is him. Because, you know, even though there's evidence, he might be like, ah, but Hagrid, really? And, but when he was put, when he was backed into a corner, he's like, okay, well, it's Hagrid. So, uh, all that to say, no, I don't believe the flashbacks are quite reliable. When when you say reliable, do you mean did Tom understand? Like Tom, or like I'm wondering is is Tom twisting it at all? I believe these events actually like, transpired. Like he in be- this way. he believes. Does Tom believe what he's telling Harry? I uh, yes, I believe so, because he he speaks with confidence, and I mean he's he even said like, you know they paid or they well incentivized him to keep his mouth shut which pretty much lends credibility to his ideas like he really believes it the school is like all right you need to stay quiet about this and and he said the person guilty is still roaming free which leads me to believe that like it felt like he was talking about Hagrid when he said Mm. that so yeah I believe he believes it it's just he was young you know and I'm sure that most of the events actually did happen that way. I wish I knew the old wizard's name, though. The one who was uh, in Dumbledore's place before Dumbledore was... uh... It was in there. Professor Dippet. Dippet? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. He has a a funny first name. I don't remember what it was. (laughs) Oh, there's the no. There's the big no. No. (laughs) It's so hard to miss. (laughs) So hard to miss i think it's 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 something like alistair or something it's mm. oh yeah did you see the name of the next chapter or of chapter 15 i think it's pretty much ragnarok anyway <laughs> aragog yeah <laughs> so that's when we finally meet voldemort's brother ragnarok but... <laughs> it's his middle name <laughs> Uh, good stuff good stuff um so trying to think if there's anything else to say about this dude that notebook's mad cool 
I wish that I, I think uh, Hermione had some cool little tricks that she had the revealer and she was going to try and reveal it and she was trying to do some spells on it. It was fun watching that process. What did you think about um, how Harry figured out? It's it? clever. It's really clever. Yeah. Uh, it led me to wonder if there is a, a spell you could use to clean up all that ink. Because if it really got over all of his books, like, that's a big deal. Can you imagine having, like, ink-soaked books? That'd throw everything off. You'd have it on your hands constantly, your bags constantly, everything that went into your bags constantly. This is a time when I I think that they should have figured out a muggle trip, a trick that's not even that modern, and that's pencils. (laughs) Pencils, yes. Pencils are very, like... Like quill quills are just unwieldy, mm-hmm. and having a bottle of ink is a liability. <laughs> yeah, and I mean they even have quills or well, like quill pens with built-in ink wells, and you just refill it on a stable table. So adopt the ballpoint mm-hmm. or the felt tip. <laughs> felt tip doesn't even really quite require much uh, muggle technology there I don't think no but it, it lends to the quaint mysterious world of Hogwarts they're, they're stubborn um, behind the timesness of the mm-hmm. wizarding world is problematic at times but hmm. and, and I think there was one inconsistency that I want to bring up in this chapter in that it took it took a Harry Potter one night, maybe two nights, I forget, to completely regrow all those arm bones. One night, right? But, like, it took several weeks for Hermione to undo a bad potion. Like, there's just, like, that seems so much more treatable to me. I think... Um, the the bad potion. I mean, think about where they heard about the bad potion. They got it from the restricted section. Mm. It was a thing that they weren't supposed to even know about, really, let alone try to make. And then, like, it, it's one of those things. Like, we we get this in in news all the time, where mm-hmm. a lot of the time it's it's easier to just start from scratch than to try to repair something that's broken. This is true. And. I mean, that, that's not always the case. Sometimes it, it is easy to re- repair the broken thing because it's not really broken that much. Yeah. But a polyju- polyjuice potion that used a cat hair, that's mm. that's a pretty, like, fundamentally, it was trying to make her into a cat. And I guess I did talk about that in the previous episode that's, where I'm like, it's probably going to screw everything cats up. Cats probably don't even have the same number of bones as humans. Mm. Like, same... There's so many different things about those anatomies. That's a really good point. Yeah. That that I completely believe that it took that long. And it's probably a, like she had she probably had to grow back bones. Yeah. And it was like one at a time and she like had to they don't have x-rays so they have to figure out what she's missing. Which again is pretty weird. Yeah. Like they they probably had to spend a lot of the time diagnosing the problem and also I bet Hermione didn't tell her what happened. I was just about to ask you that. Yeah, so you don't think she ever fessed up? Because, no. first of all, would the school nurse really... I mean, I guess she would believe her because she's looking at a half-cat person. Like, I, I think it's sort of like when you go to the emergency room and they ask you, well, like, do you do drugs? Or, or and <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. no, no, not at all, no. no. <laughs> it's like, all of your results tell me that you do drugs. <laughs> like, like, but... Like, we can have a stern talking to, or yeah, I can just yeah. get over that and deal with the fact that your arm is, like, spurting blood. Mm-hmm. Like, 
it's a triage situation of do I really need to have this conversation right now or do I need to fix like I already because I am a medical pr- practitioner have figured out a lot of the things yeah it's a it's a certain amount of professionalism that is clearly exhibited by all the Hogwarts staff at all times and I, I don't think it's her job to discipline it's her job to heal and That's true. I wonder if she has if she's a mandatory reporter in some ways mm. like or, or if she had told man I bet if she'd told Madame Pomfrey what was up she has to tell like if you broke a rule yeah which is not the same as mandatory reporting but this society is like super has lots of problems with it I can totally imagine that she has to tell hmm well that answers that I I just yeah it makes sense now with the regrowing completely different animal makes sense I think Hermione as a cat probably spawned some very interesting fan fiction uh some very interesting fan art it kind of reminds me of oh what is that game <sighs> well lost it but there's cat people in it and that's what it reminded me of Hermione <laughs> yes yes <laughs> I'm full of them today. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> you just whisked away the victory. Uh, so with that, because we're not going to get any better than that. Nope. Next chapter. What's your favorite quote? Oh, favorite chapter. quote. Oh, boy. You know, I had um, two of them. Usually I'm not the one with two of them. I know. Lisa. I only have one. What? Roll reversal. <sighs> it's the snow. It's the snow, man. I'll tell you what. Let's see. I have... Um, 237 is the first one. <clears throat> Try not to block the microphone with my book here. <laughs> so this is the whole interaction with the um, the dwarf with the wings. Uh, let's see. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you kind of have to put a little bit of an accent on these guys because the way they're written. So the, the dwarf saying... I've got a musical message to deliver to Harry Potter in person. That's that's my best. That's the best you're going to get. Musical was that word that you couldn't mm. understand. <laughs> he said, twanging his harp in a threatening sort of way. <laughs> <laughs> Just this menacing twanging of a harp. I got a message for Harry Potter. Lost it. So, good stuff there. And then, uh, also on, let's see, 241. Oh, this one. This is a, this is a writing style that I really liked. And it was when, um, they were talking about the writing in the Tom Riddle's uh, diary. And I, I just really like the imagery that she used for the whole sequence with the ink sinking in, with the stuff coming back and the quick replies and the the way it's written, but this part I really liked. Uh, so Harry had just said, I'm at Hogwarts and horrible stuff's happening. Do you know anything about the Chamber of Secrets? And it said his heart was hammering. Riddle's reply came quickly, his writing becoming untidier, as though he was hurrying to tell all he knew. That's just really cool. Like, this, this, this diary is seemingly just a collection of memories. It's as if he's drawing from just this memory stick and a complicated algorithm, a, a Siri-type assistant, where he gives it an input and it spits out all the relevant information around that. But by giving it this type of like personality, 
was a really cool flair and a really cool way you're laughing at me. I, I can't <laughs> handle every time you, you call magic an algorithm. It That's what it is. That's what it is. It, the input-output with the complicated set of uh, mathematics and data and big wizarding no. data behind it. You, are, you will never understand this world if you keep calling it an algorithm. <laughs> I'll come up with a, it, another word. It's a program. It's a script. Nope. That's worse. <laughs> hmm. Well, either way, I thought it was really cool that she added a flair and a, a bit of personality to it by having the writing get untidy and he was rushing to write it. Like, it, it makes it so it's it's so much more than just a thing that spits back memories. You know, it's its own. It has personality. So that's mine. It's. It reminds me a lot of... Um... And at the time, this probably really rang true to me because this was like the early days of AOL Instant Messenger mm-hmm. for me when I was reading this. Nice. And uh, it reminded me a lot of, you know, people who would personalize their, their typeface. <laughs> and then like, Did that. And you could tell like when they write it really fast, they're like really excited for whatever reason. Got to get all the information out. And that, it's, it's very much old school AOL Instant Messenger. Dude, I miss AIM so much. Those were the days. I would talk to so many strangers from Australia just because they were also awake at the same time I was. <laughs> It's good stuff. Oh, man. What was your favorite quote, Alyssa? Mine, I'm surprised you didn't pick mine, because it's totally a Clark quote. Ah. It's on page 234, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, you know, th- things are looking up at Hogwarts because no one's been petrified. So it's, uh, there had been no more attacks since those on Justin and Nearly Headless Nick, and Madame Pomfrey was pleased to report that the Mandrakes were becoming moody and secretive, meaning that they were fast leaving childhood. <laughs> I do remember enjoying that. <laughs> I, I, I like any reference to the Mandrakes. I really do. Uh, they, they're the stars of these chapters for me. <laughs> Just, they get Just one sentence each chapter. Adolescent Mandrakes, man. <laughs> They start sneaking into... Anyway, uh, that's your next chapter. So, on to the next one, I suppose. What's uh, what's in store for us in chapter 14? Corn- 13. What? 13. 14. Right? Uh, Cornelius I Fudge. Did I not change chapters? Or? No, that's okay. Because 15 is Ragnarok. Ooh. Yeah. I accidentally called Very Secret Diary Chapter 12. That was Chapter 13. Mm. I'm doing great over here. Not going to edit that one. Keeping ah. it. Chapter 14. Mm. I'll is, change it. It's okay. Chapter 14 is Cornelius Fudge. And in that, Hermione and a Ravenclaw are petrified. And Quidditch is canceled. Which uh. we thought could never happen. Mm. Um, and Tom Riddle's diary is stolen. And Harry and Ron sneak out to Hagrid's after early curfew and witness Dumbledore's suspension and Hagrid's arrest. <laughs> There's nothing funny about that summary. I just like the idea that Harry's main defensive Quidditch was, but but Gryffindor, <laughs> but the house cup, but but Gryffindor. I can imagine a lot of athletic fans who mm. would say the same thing, but <laughs> but Seahawks. <laughs> Ah, oh, this is true. This is very true. It's, I don't. You don't need a verb, <laughs> <laughs> especially because he knows McGonagall's down with the cause, right? And she's the one who canceled. Yeah. Yeah. So with it's, her giant megaphone. I mean, last last Quidditch match that we mm-hmm. saw, Harry was taken out by a bludger that could not be controlled. And they still just keep it going we're not even concerned yeah, yeah we we're, go we're gonna let the 12 year old decide whether this is a dangerous situation <laughs> our teachers don't know dark arts give them a job 
Hogwarts. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, good stuff. So, uh, I've already asked you if it's Hagrid. Nah. I mean, yes and no. It's kind of Hagrid. Hagrid did something. No, Hagrid. So, in in this, uh, let's let's talk a little bit about our our dear friend Cornelius Fudge. Oh, that guy. That guy. He uh, he's not as bad as uh, Mr. Malfoy. I mean, Lucius. Lucius. Yeah, I'm just. He doesn't deserve his name to be remembered. Uh, I think Cornelius Fudge seemed a little bit. Um, more level-headed, he was a little bit more like, well, now, now, we can't pull Dumbledore out because, I mean, you know, if Dumbledore can't stop it, who can? Like, he's on Dumbledore's side here. Uh, at least a little bit. He... It was Hagrid he was there for, and he felt bad about it. He was playing with his hat, kind of, like, nervously rolling around in his fingers. Like, it was clear that he was uncomfortable with the situation, and he was doing it out of obligation for his job. Um, maybe it's just because... Cornelius was being contrasted against Lucius, that he seems like not that bad of a guy. Because really, he didn't seem like that bad of a guy. It I my my issue with him is I, I don't think he's a villain necessarily. Mm-hmm. But for the leader of the wizard world, yeah. I think he should be made of stronger stuff. Yeah, he doesn't really have a set of philosopher's stones as far as I can tell. And it's just it's weird because Hagrid's I mean I think it's because Hagrid is under Dumbledore's uh, supervision, I guess. Like, I think it's because of Dumbledore and not because of Hagrid. And even though, yeah, it is, he is head of the Ministry of Magic and all that, he knows that Dumbledore could be doing his job and that they are very much peers. And to kind of go against him like that, it, it Dumbledore's probably one of the only people that could make him nervous. So... There was... No, but it wasn't Dumbledore who made him nervous. Hmm. Like, he's nervous to be without Dumbledore. He didn't want to lose him. Yeah. But he tells Hagrid, and I think Dumbledore as well, like, I can't be seen to be doing nothing. Yeah. And that was like, that's a condemning sentence of, you kind of don't care if it's done right. Yeah, yeah. That's just... Which, I mean, I understand when when you're at you're sort of responsible for the general uh, health of the wizarding world. Mm-hmm. And and if ever, if fear starts to break out, then he has to manage that. And if it's fear because they can't tell that things are being taken care of, like he, he wants to do something to instill confidence in his community. But I can't imagine removing Dumbledore's the way to do it. Yeah, or even Hagrid. Where it's, I feel, like you were talking about in the pre-show, like, Hagrid is consistently the person where people are like, are you sure we should be giving him responsibilities? Like, it's kind of known that he is kind of the weak link in terms of maybe not trustworthiness, but reliability or something. Well, within... I think trustworthiness as well. I mean, he's yeah. clearly the blabbermouth that Dumbledore told secrets to intending for them to get out. And he's... and then he, you know, brought a dragon back to the school and told them the secret of how to get past Fluffy. He's, and... he's an easy mark to remove. And it would, I completely understand his thinking of yeah. if we get rid of Hagrid for a little while, it's a horrible choice. It's, it's like put, but... putting him in... Azkaban. Yeah, that seems like overkill too. It's, I mean, it, it's 
but, but as, as a political stunt. Yeah. There, there's something wrong there, but I completely understand how he got to that point. But that's all that Cornelius was there for. He wasn't there for Dumbledore. No. So what's Malfoy's endgame? Lucius Malfoy. That guy's, what a jerk. He, he is such a sadist where he enjoys so much just the fact that he's really rocking up the boat because he's racist and terrible and uh, spray tanned. And it's really, I don't like it. I don't like people like that. And um, what's his endgame? Taking that at the spot. Getting his own in there. So he's. Do you think he wants to be headmaster, or I think he he's wants positioning because then it'll be McGonagall next in. She's deputy. So. Oh yeah, I definitely think it would be. He he is just one step closer to getting someone in there that believes in what he believes in. You know, the whole pure blood build a wall thing, and it's. Uh, I don't know. It it seems just so petty. It seems so silly that just because Dumbledore is more open-minded, or I think Lucius described the way he runs the school as individualistic, which is an interesting choice of words. Uh, It's not insulting, but it is... It's telling. It's telling. Uh, Whereas pretty much saying like the way that he does things is unique compared to how most other wizards or committees would choose to do it. Yeah, Dumbledore doesn't fall in line. No, not at all. And... I, I thought that that was almost a little bit respectful. I mean, it it was hard. It was it for some reason I just noticed the word individualistic, and I'm like, huh, that is a very interesting way to describe it. I think that I think he was uh, choosing his words carefully too, because mm-hmm. he's standing next to the minister of magic. I think if he were by himself, yeah, that's true, and truly believed he had the upper hand, he might have said harsher things. That's a very good point. But the company greatly impacted that. Hmm. So that was a very interesting dialogue there. It was uh, the fact that we got to see it with Harry and Ron. We really added to it. I feel like that's a really good movie moment as well. If they, they'll well, have to change it for the movie though. Well, we we didn't have to break our perspective, our point of view. No, like Harry, no. Harry and Ron, like we were still following Harry, which we've never parted from Harry. At this point, except yeah. except for in the very first chapter of Sorcerer's Stone, we, we start out from a very outside perspective. That's true. That hasn't happened in this book, though, really? Huh. Mm-mm. I guess I hadn't noticed. Uh, we've, we've been pretty close to Harry's understanding of things. It was very clever, though the invisibility cloak... Okay, so it mentioned specifically that Harry's dad left him the invisibility cloak. When did it say that in the last book? I do not remember that. I remember there being a note written to Harry Potter saying, you know, use this in a time of need. I didn't think it ever specified that it was his father's. Maybe Dumbledore said, oh, I see you found your father's. Hey, that's why I keep a book right there. Please hold. We have the first one on hand. (laughs) That's exactly why. Keep talking. (laughs) Uh, But I honestly don't remember that ever being a thing, that they clarified that it was his dad that left it to him. Though, I mean, that was a book ago. That was a while ago. So, um... That was a cool way to see the whole conversation happening. I thought it was hilarious when Hagrid stood for just one second and he's like, uh, well, if anyone's looking for some stuff, just follow the spiders. And it said that Cornelius Fudge gave him like just this baffled look of like, what? Like, okay. (laughs) Okay, I want to answer the first question and then I want to get to that. Yeah, Um, sure. 
on page 299 when Dumbledore visits Harry in, oh. in the hospital wing and he's giving the Dumbledore I know all speeches. Mm-hmm. And he says, um, and the invisibility cloak, do you, do you know who sent it to me? Says Harry. Ah, your father happened to leave it in my possession and I thought you might like it. Okay. There we go. Yeah. That was just one sentence. It, this is my father's I thought cloak. Maybe. <laughs> Very musical episode. <laughs> uh Good stuff. I didn't know that. Yeah. Or at least I forgot it. I'm sure we talked about it, but... Didn't believe that it happened. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the le- famous last words from Dumbledore and Hagrid. What do they mean? <laughs> <laughs> they're so good. It's so funny. And, and Dumbledore, like, they're both just so out of... Um, it makes no sense for them to say it Mm-mm. at the time. And, it, and I like that Lucius Malfoy noticed... And the Cornelius Fudge noticed, and they gave a reaction. I feel like if if it was her first book, we wouldn't have gotten that. But they didn't give enough of a reaction to be concerned about it. No. Like, that is such an obvious, unnatural thing to be like, someone else is here. (laughs) Yeah, like... We need to figure that out. I just think it's strange that, I mean, Dumbledore must have altered the invisibility cloak where it's like, but I can see them. Like, because he had it in his possession for a long time, and he knew a lot about it. And maybe he just got really sick of, like, losing it, and he's like, no, 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 no. I'm putting a big tag on this that only I can see that says, like, here's the invisibility cloak. Uh, It could be that, or it could be that Harry and Ron aren't as quiet as they think that they are. Yeah, but there's another, the Minister of Magic is there. Or, or, You think he'd have some perception. Or he was reading, like, Hagrid's tone. Or Fang Fang was maybe reacting to them, like mm, there were three cups of tea on the table. Yeah, yeah, and Double- he knew that he didn't make tea for Lucius. That's for sure. So, any number of things. He's a very perceptive guy with his half moon glasses. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was interesting. What? Did, so, but what does it mean though? Let's see. Dumbledore said. Hmm. However, said Dumbledore, speaking very slowly and clearly so that none of them could miss a word, you will find that I will only truly have left this school when none here are loyal to me. You will also find that help will always be given at Hogwarts to those who ask for it. Um, First of all, it's telling Harry to go ask an adult (laughs) for help. Yes. For heaven's sake, go ask for I've help. I've given you so many clear shots. <laughs> He's like, We're, there's people willing to help you. They're willing to help you. It's just... not just me who can help you, buddy. Nope. Anyone. <laughs> Anyone. Maybe not Lockhart. Uh, but I don't think you're going to ask Lockhart. Nah, he kind of took your arm bones out that one time. <laughs> uh, so it definitely means you need to go talk to an adult and ask someone for help. Even even ask the centaurs, for heaven's sake. They're really weird, but they might tell you something. Ask the giant spider. Yeah, there was one majorly chatty Cathy over in the centaur. Oh, yeah. He was all <laughs> he kinds He will tell of, you everything. Uh, remember Excalibur, whatever his name was. He was real chatty. Ronan? Was it mm, Ronan? Could be. Could Bane be. Bane and... Excalibur. <laughs> I know that's not it. Oh, I don't remember who the other one was, but I think it was Ronan who was super chatty. Hmm. Yeah, so... I don't know. Go ask some centaurs. Go ask the giant spider that's, in my mind, sentient and probably sends those little spiders out as scouts. 
so let's see. But my loyalties will only truly have left this school. That means he left a part of himself. Well, there, like, but with the people, hmm. There's there's something to it. I, I feel like he has a plan. Is what this tells me. Like he has a plan. Um, there are more things that Harry can do and that Harry should definitely keep snooping. Keep doing what you do, Harry. Snoop around, find something, keep asking questions to the right people, and you'll you'll figure something and out. And then tell someone. And then tell someone. <laughs> I think drawing from the idea that they were at Hagrid's place uh, leads me to believe that he had put together, that they had put together that it was Hagrid. Um, maybe that's a stretch, but... They also trust Hagrid. Like Exactly, yeah. They trust Hagrid. They're friends with Hagrid. They spend time in Hagrid's hut, unlike most students. Mm-hmm. So, his house. But, uh... Hut. Well, he calls it his house, and then he gets made fun of for it. But it's it. called Hagrid's hut. <laughs> this is true. But, uh, so, that, that kind of makes sense. Is what, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then as for... What Hagrid said. <laughs> follow the spiders. Fo- well, follow the spiders. I, I think there is a large talking spider, probably named Ragnarok. It's coincidence. Pure coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> it's a common name. <laughs> At one point, maybe. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty old spider. Uh, I think that whatever this spider thing is that we saw Hagrid with, I'm going to guess it's a spider. Just because. I've been talking about giant spiders this whole time. Uh, I think it has intelligence, and it sends out these little spiderlings that they saw that one time someone got petrified. And it's trying to keep tabs on what's going on by sending out its little scouts. I think it has. It can detect. I'm, I'm still convinced that this spider thing is not the thing petrifying people. I'm still convinced of that. Because I figured something out. What? I figured it out, Alyssa. What? What? I figured out the voice, Alyssa. What's the voice? The voice that says, kill, kill, slaughter, slaughter. <laughs> it sounds worse <laughs> when you say it like that. <laughs> I must eat and kill. Eat and kill and slaughter, slaughter. Eat, kill, slaughter. Uh, I think... <laughs> so, what? Riddle me this. As I try not to knock the table. What is your favorite color? (laughs) What is something that Harry Potter and only Harry Potter can understand? Maybe a type of language. Is there any that we... I'm not going to fill in the blanks That we may have been revealed to in a wizarding duel that made the Huffles suspicious of him? It's Parseltongue, Alyssa. And if there was some sort of hissing, some low hissing to, you know... To many of the students, it might just sound like a gust of wind or like a leaking gas pipe or something like that. But to Harry Potter, he hears kill, kill, hiss, hiss. He says hiss while hissing. I don't know. But it's a basilisk. It's a giant, giant snake that speaks parcel tongue, and only Harry Potter can understand it. And whenever it's around, he can hear it because it's making this noises. But it's in parcel tongue, so only he can hear it. So it's not in his head. It's audible kind of or maybe maybe it's thought speak parcel tongue could be but i think only harry potter can hear it and understand it because it's parcel tongue so it's still a basilisk i'm still convinced and this spider thing was under hagrid's control which leads me to believe that it's not a bad guy i think it's probably a pretty sentient intelligent being that's going to have some good intel for them 
So now they need to go talk to the spider, figure out what's going on. It's a friend of Hogwarts, maybe, that Dumbledore was talking about, you know? And it, it owes a favor to Hagrid because Hagrid kept it alive and whatever. Maybe it was also in the Chamber of Secrets and it came out at the same time. Maybe it's not. But I think uh, you're not saying anything, which leads me to believe that I'm onto something. So No, I'm, I'm wondering if this means that you actually don't trust Tom Riddle. What? What's not to trust about Tom? I mean... Be- because we saw the thing. Mm-hmm. We saw the thing. It had legs. Well, we saw the thing that Hagrid was dealing with. That doesn't mean it was the thing that's petrifying people. But they bought him off not to say what it was. I, I think... Yeah, but... That just... Nah. Nah. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. Hmm. It's just spiders don't petrify, man. Like, spiders web people. Spiders... Shelob totally stung people and... But there were visible marks, though. There would be bite marks or sting marks or something. There's none of that. This is something that's looked into the face of a... Of a it's magic, though. Gorgon it's magic basilisk. stinger. Magic stinger. <laughs> Don't even go there. I mean... <laughs> Do not even go there. Probably better you stop <laughs> uh, Yeah, I'm not buying it. I think the spider is certainly not a good thing, and I think it very well could have gotten Hagrid expelled. The fact that he was keeping magical, giant, dangerous spiders on premises probably a, an expellable offense. Uh, but I don't think it is the Chamber of Secrets offense. I think it's just a happy coincidence. Or, nope, nope, they've got to be connected. I just don't know how. Um, hmm. I don't know how. But we'll find out. Um but I still think it is a giant basilisk. I still think that's why Harry and only Harry can hear and understand it. I think, I mean, there's snakes all over the front cover of this book, man. It's got to be a giant snake. And uh, so that's that's where I'm at. I'm going to look at the show notes because I'm rambling. So let's, let's talk about Riddle's diary. Oh, okay. Um, so we talked a little bit about it was stolen, um, but I, I want to know who you think stole it. Who stole the diary? Because they, they come to some conclusions instantly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, it has to be someone who knows the Gryffindor password, which, like, we just saw there's an invisibility cloak. All you have to do is stand by the portrait and wait for somebody to say it, and you know like it. They were just in the Slytherin common room last week. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's not like they salt the passwords or hash it or run it through any kind of like rainbow level encryption. Like it's not it's not that hard to figure out passwords. And so that was an incorrect conclusion. Uh what were some of the other conclusions they came to? I think I think that might have been That's it, the main one. But yeah. And, well, I mean, we also have Lee Jordan saying that, of course, it's a Slytherin because no Slytherins have been petrified. And Lee Jordan went off and did that whole, like, speech to the all the people there about it. And they're like, yeah, yeah, totally. Lee Jordan was totally starting some stuff. Uh, I know that's kind of wandering away from the no, question you asked. But. No, I that struck me really, too. The, like, crazy, like, mm, anti slytherin and mm-hmm. it's it's 
partisan and dangerous language what they're what they're spewing out there mm-hmm. of like that this entire group of people is garbage and you should just toss them out it's yeah. not any better than the things that the slytherins are saying no reverse racism is still racism yeah and uh, that, that was alarming to me as well when i was reading it's like golly i mean yeah as someone who never slips any type of partisan opinion into his hobbies, uh, I, I think that he was definitely out of bounds. Um, it, it it was very like like the scene out of Beauty and the Beast, mm-hmm. right when they do get to the pitchforks and through, through the through the hills, through the woods, kill the beast. Kill the beast. <laughs> like, Oh, how excited are you for that new movie, by the way? So, we I think we've talked about this before. Not I'm just, on air. Cannot, you cut it. That's why. I was, <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh, my gosh. That's going to be great. Anyway, uh, so, it's especially because it has Hermione in it. It has Emma Watson. It's going to be great. It's going to be so great. And I love how she talks about Belle, like, this is a princess who gets things done. And mm-hmm. she wears shoes to match it. She's mm-hmm. got sturdy boots. Like, none of this ballet flat garbage (laughs) none of this like three inch stilettos no even though those didn't exist a a lot a lot of like peasant but like in in the cinderella Mm -hmm. movie that came out a couple of years ago she's in blue ballet flats most of the time nice and and that's that's because she wasn't allowed to go anywhere because she was like chained to the stove yeah and so you don't need boots for that but bell is she she has to go out to go rescue her father, who she doesn't know where he is. You need a boot. You need boots to ride a horse. Yeah, yeah, definitely helps. I've tried doing it without boots. No fun. I tried doing it without stirrups. Less fun. <laughs> oh golly. <laughs> so, Lee Jordan giving his rousing speech. It is it is very much a twelve year old trying to. He's probably fourteen. Oh, now? yeah, because he's old enough to be... He's the twins' hmm. age, and the twins were third years when Harry was first year, so that makes him four, fourth year, so he's 14. There we go. Well, it shows the other side of the spectrum, where it's like, okay, Slytherin is not the only house with some inherent biases and some dislikes. And so it it could be a Slytherin. I don't know what the... I think. Rowling was just trying to show us that and exactly that. I don't think she was trying to say it's not a Slytherin or is a Slytherin. I think she was just trying to show that this school is getting out of hand and it is turning to where it's house against house, but in a much darker way and in a much more dangerous way. And it, and yeah, I think that's what she's trying to get across. Well, and then I think that's really interesting that she forces them to confront the idea that it could be one of their own. Yeah. Like that, whether they're right or not, someone from our own house could have done a horrendous thing. Yeah. This does not compute. Only Slytherins do horrendous things. Oh, this reminds me of that new, uh, well, at the time of recording, the video that was put out by the victims of... uh, Aleppo? Nope, nope, not that. Though that is terrible. I don't mean to downplay that. But no, there was a video that showed... um, like signs of someone who is about to commit a school shooting. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of the whole like gorilla amidst the basketball game thing where it's like your your mental blindness um you you're watching a couple sort of fall in love a little bit and then mm-hmm. in the background someone else is showing symptoms of planning a school shooting. Yeah. It's mm, I have mixed feelings about that. I I don't know what 
I guess this isn't the podcast for that. But uh, I, I, McGonagall kind of talking about that made, kind of reminded me of that video of like, y'all need to pay real close attention because it's not probably not some outsider sneaking in every night because how much sense does that make? I don't remember what it was that McGonagall said. Hmm. I remember... When she canceled Quidditch. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, but she even said, like, buddy system, you know, if you're leaving the hallways, oh, yeah, you it's, go with it. It's like, it, and anytime a, a, like, crazy curfew is enforced, mm-hmm. it just, it reminds me a lot of V for Vendetta and, mm-hmm. like, a fascist state where curfew is enforced. And if you mess with it, it's, 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 yeah, you will feel the pain. Um, except for for this, it's totally for their protection. Like, they, yeah, they need it. And then when Harry and Ron sneak out to go see Hagrid, they see the teachers patrolling the halls, and they're also in teams. Yeah. They are not alone. And that, that I think, speaks to the level of danger here, is even the teachers who are completely adept are not safe on their own. Yep, which is crazy. And But it's probably true. I, I, I just wish... Hmm. I wish the teachers were more prepared. I wish that the school felt safer, but I guess that's the whole point is it doesn't. Well, I think it's it's if it were coming from outside, it would. But the fact is they don't know, it's coming from inside and they don't know where. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I think it's fascinating. I I talking about it now with you, it feels like it's even higher stakes than it felt when I was reading it. Mm. And it already felt pretty high stakes. Mm. It it felt like like they clammed up and they really like no extracurricular extracurricular activities. A teacher will transport an entire class to their next class, and like you will not leave the presence of an adult, an adult ever. Hmm. And all of these precautions that they're taking seem very severe. And it, it did you expect the book to get to get this serious? Uh. Kind of, because there's, like, actual students being petrified, and it's, like, I mean, it had to get worse. If if they had just started getting better from this point on, and they had figured it out and solved it, I'd be like, well, the stakes weren't that high. I mean, like, the cure was almost there. They were almost ready to stop unpetrifying people. Like, it needed to step up a level in terms of risk, where it's, like, now not only... You know, they're already fixing the petrifying thing. The mandrakes are moving into each other's pots. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the stakes need to be raised again in a different way. And I think this, with the addition of losing Dumbledore and Hagrid, does a very good job of that. Uh, especially when we see how it is now with Dumbledore in charge. There's already this level of security and and people being scared. Will, oh man, when Dumbledore's gone, who knows how much like scarier it's going to be really well and think about the last time dumbledore left when school was going on it Mm -hmm. took all of like (laughs) an hour for voldemort to take root yep and i think that's what lucius wants i think he's so happy that whatever it is it's taken out these half-bloods like it worked last time yep well i mean why else like unless they're immediately I could see them putting some other people from the, what is it, Congress? Uh, Governors? 
Yeah, they're, they're the school governors. School governors. I could see them like, how about we help you? How about us governors all go in there and help you patrol? But nope, he manipulated them to take Dumbledore out. Instead of adding security, he's reducing security. I wonder, like, if I, like, think of Lucius Malfoy. I don't think he's the kind of person who, even if he believed that people needed protecting, mm-hmm. I'm not sure he was he would be one to risk his own neck. Yeah, but how is how is not doing anything different than than like actively helping you know <laughs> that's that's kind of one of those weird moral quandaries though i i mean i i think it's it's his slytherin quality of like i'm going to do things but they will further me they will yeah. not further the group that uh, that is irrelevant to especially me. dumbledore's group mm-hmm. and, and all those you know half-blood kids that you know those things that shouldn't even be learning magic anyway yeah but he just doesn't strike me as a warrior who would take arms hmm <sighs> Well, I don't like the guy, but <laughs> I guess back to your question on who trashed Harry's room, I really don't know. Uh, I want to say Lockhart. Uh, I want to say a whole bunch of little spiders. I don't know why they'd be pulling stuff out of... <laughs> that seems spiders. weird to me. I love this idea. <laughs> it takes like 10 of them to lift a book. <laughs> They're not ants. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. It took like 20 of them uh, to lift the book. I don't know, though. Could be Snape. Just because, like... He hasn't really been mentioned as a villain or a potential at all in this. No, but that's... I mean, that's why it could be him. Because, mm-hmm. you know, what a twist. It was Snape. and uh, Not to say whoever trashed it was guilty, but I think the secrets that it holds, you know, those hold value. I don't think it would be Hagrid. Who would know that Harry even had the book? That's what I don't get. Um, Myrtle? Myrtle. Well, Draco saw it. Draco and Crabbe and Goyle, like, physically saw it. I don't know if they managed it. Made fun of him for it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's possible that Draco went home and told his dad, oh, Harry had this interesting thing. I made fun of him for it, but then he used a spell on me. Can you believe it? And his dad's like, oh, a book, you say? And it could have been Lucius Malfoy that went in there and took the book. As he was on his way to Hagrid's cabin. Yeah, he was in the vicinity. He was in the vicinity. He has a vested reason to do it. And, um, Hmm. yeah, could be. Because I could see Draco telling him, like, you would not believe it. Harry had this diary and he used a spell on me right in front of a, in front of a prefect. Or what if it was, like, like, it's, it's. Someone has just heard Harry has a diary. That's it. That's all they know. Mm. Harry has a diary. Nah. What if it's what if it's like the puffs? The puffs. <laughs> and they're like, this is where the confession of, of the heir Slytherin will be in yes. his diary. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. Or the Ravenclaws, they would definitely look for the book where it's written down. Their prefect this got taken out. They might be really incontrovertible about. evidence. <laughs> It is in his diary. <laughs> oh, could shoot. Be. This diary, everything disappears when you write in it. Crap. <laughs> really, what we could be seeing is the equivalent of, of the Polyjuice Potion attempt to go in there and get inside of the thing and get inside of this. You know, they got inside of the Slytherin place just to figure it's out who did it. It's not impossible. It's not impossible that another house did that to try and get Harry Potter to find evidence against Harry Potter. I don't it, think it is. I, I really don't. But that's pretty funny, and and uh, 
there is enough reason to believe that it could happen. Why not? There's other characters. So your money is on an adult? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, or a whole bunch of spiders. Or spiders. It was not the basilisk. I'm just going to go on venture and say it was not the basilisk. Because they cannot open Basilisks drawers. Basilisks don't read. No, no. <laughs> you can't be bothered with that. <laughs> They're a little busy eating chickens. Ooh, maybe that's what Hagrid... Maybe Hagrid was feeding the basilisk. Oh, no, he said he found the dead chickens. Hmm. They were undercooked. <laughs> so he's like, I gotta explain this away. I don't have magic. I can't get rid of them. Spider didn't want them. <laughs> Turns out he wanted them spatchcocked. <laughs> I've been reading a lot about spatchcocking turkeys. Have you heard about that? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> oh, it's just an alternate way. It cooks way faster. You kind of break the spine. Anyway. There was one other thing. I think there's only one other thing. Okay. That I, oh, two other things that I really wanted to talk about in okay. this chapter. Sure. One is, when we've touched on it quite a bit, the triumphant return mm. of the invisibility cloak. ba ba, ba. <laughs> And the underwhelming, uh, absence of an explanation as to why they have not relied on the invisibility cloak yet <laughs> yep just no no mention of it for the record it made its fine it's its first appearance in this book page 259 that's how far we got <laughs> all the times that they snuck out all the times that you know they could have been gathering information stealing books polychuse potions anything nope <laughs> none of it nope 259 pages <laughs> we're like i mean looking at the book we're, it's, most we're of the almost way through done this. and they're like oh yeah I've, I've i've got an invisibility cloak and i i swear they even put it that way let's see it's you said 259 yeah oh yeah he even said i think said harry more quietly still it's time to get my dad's old cloak out again it's so bad <laughs> it's so bad <laughs> Ay, 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 it's so bad. So cringy, like, really, man? Like, this is time. And just the way where he's, like, <sighs> it's so inorganic, the way mm-hmm. to bring it up. I think it's time to bring out my old dad's cloak again that was given to me on page 100 of the last book, which Dumbledore explained to me as being my dad's cloak later on page 299. It's Previously on Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, at least they didn't explain the robes mechanics really that well again like they didn't feel the need to have them you know make a sound and the teacher heard the sound because the invisibility cloak keeps them quiet i mean it, it talks Ex- about explain that a the bit. time lord logic of the cloak and how it can cover three people <laughs> <laughs> and a dragon uh you know a dragon that was filling up a house that two people carried i'm not bitter <laughs> So I wanted to talk about that. And then the other thing that I wanted to point out, and, and I hope this doesn't tread on your favorite quotes. Mm. There are two iconic quotes in this chapter alone. Yeah. That uh, they're, they're just, I'm so glad because I can reference them now for forevermore. Um, they are uh, Dumbledore's famous last words of, you will, you will also find that help will always be given at Hogwarts to those who ask for it, mm-hmm. um, which is quoted all the time. Really? Oh, yeah. What could that pertain to except Hogwarts? I think it's a... a it paints a picture of Hogwarts. Hmm. Like, it, it's not necessarily a thing that's taken out of context, but it's a thing that 
sort of speaks to the magic of the world hmm. that that this is a wonderful safe place and it's home and it's become home to, to a generation of readers and this is true and dumbledore is this wonderful fatherly figure who welcomes people in and gives them help and it's a home and it's where you feel safe and supported hmm. i just kind of read past it yeah yeah i figured you did <laughs> uh I think you might like this one, though, mm. which is not your favorite quote. That's good. Um, quoted all the time. Ron is, uh, Harry and Ron are trying to figure out where Hermione is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or no, Hermione runs away from them because she just figured something out. She's so silly. Buddy system. Come on. Oh, yeah. That's terrible. And um, Ron's like, I don't know. She's probably probably going to the library. <laughs> He's like, why does she have to go to the library? Because that's what Hermione does. When in doubt, go to the library. (laughs) (laughs) I do like that. I've tried. I have almost said that many, many, many times. And I was like, no, I don't think we've had that quote yet. I don't want to spoil it. (laughs) When in doubt, go to the library. (laughs) It's such a Sherlock Holmes type thing to say. Like, uh, it's very nice. Yeah. It's got kind of an older feel to it. And. It's they, what they she can't does. Google it. When in doubt, Google it is not a thing mm. in this world. <laughs> I do really like that. And it speaks to Harry's tolerance of it, whereas Ron does not have an understanding because Ron's just a huge jerk. This whole chapter. He told Hermione earlier in this book, Hermione, you read too much, he told her. Hermione, you should smile more, he told her. Hermione, why are you wearing that? He told her. I, I don't like Ron in this I, chapter. I call your bluff on two of those. <laughs> But he did tell her she read too much, and that bothered me. So, yeah. yes, those are two good quotes. Uh, they are not the quote they, I chose, though. No, they're not. I'm glad I was looking at the page numbers as I yeah. said them. So, re- regarding the cloak, I mean, I think you kind of got my general idea of how I feel about that. It's it's silly that they didn't bring it up until now. Um, it was used in a very clever way. I really liked the way it was used. It just, you're right that it... it makes no attempt to justify why it wasn't used previously. I, I wish that he had, like, misplaced it for, mm-hmm. mo- for most of the book. That would be a super easy thing. And then when someone steals something from him... Yep. He finds it, They like... find the cloak, mm-hmm. and, and he wonders to himself, why they didn't take this? Or, like, it was one of the things that just got kicked aside in a skew, and he sees, like, it's it like, wasn't out. even... Uh, of yeah. note he sees it poking out from under thief. his four post bed four post bed Alyssa each wizard gets a four post bed these are some large dormitories and uh, <laughs> no, no double tall twin <laughs> I, I thought they'd bunk it or something uh, so yeah yeah I think they could have brought the cloak along a lot more naturally his room was torn apart stuff was laying everywhere like you said, that would have been the perfect time to just have it be in a corner, poking out from under his bed. And he's like, oh, that's where... Ah, I've been looking for that. But no, he said, I think it's time to pull out my old dad's cloak again. <laughs> so disappointed. <laughs> oh, so bad. An editor should have really, really caught that. But that's okay. Um, ready for favorite quotes? I'm so ready. Let's do it. Who went first last time? I think you did. Okay, you go. Okay. Favorite quotes. Favorite quotes. <laughs> I don't know where mine is. Favorite quotes. There it is. No. Let's see. So I marked I think... a lot of things in this chapter that were not my favorite quotes. Okay. 252. <laughs> um, once again, the mandrakes take the cake. 
I thought you might pick that one. Again. <laughs> They're just so great. Um, so things are kind of calming down. Mm. Um, the the song that Peeves has used to make fun of Harry is kind of dying out, and people are kind of ignoring the fact that that they thought that Harry was the heir of Slytherin. Mm-hmm. So here's the quote on page two fifty one. Harry Potter, sorry. Harry Potter. <laughs> Peeves had finally got bored of his Oh Potter, you rotter song. Ernie McMillan asked Harry quite politely to pass a bucket of leaking, leaping toadstools yes. in Herbology one day, and in March, several of the mandrakes threw a loud and raucous party in Greenhouse 3. This made Professor Sprout very happy. I loved that quote so much. That was going to be my favorite. Uh, <laughs> that is such a funny quote. Oh, yeah. Especially, I, I love I, that the man- mandrakes throw a rager. <laughs> yeah, they're like, Woo-hoo! so funny, and and I liked that it was notable that the Huffle passed him a thing politely. Just polite. <laughs> like, that was such an awesome paragraph. It made me so happy. Uh, though I decided to go with one that was a little more understated, and I thought it was just a good uh, little personality thing. It's just more props to Hermione. The more a the more I read about that girl, the cooler she is. Uh, so they're talking about how everyone is stressing out about classes and Ron just, eh, eh, Ron's being whatever spoil sport wet blanket he is this whole chapter. <laughs> <laughs> Harry is just kind of taking the path of least resistance. Neville Longbottom is hearing all this advice from all these people and he's really stressing because he really wants to pick the best one, but he also wants the easiest one and he's just getting all this input. And Best then, one and easy one of what? Sorry. Sorry, he wants to like the easier courses. Oh, courses when they're picking those. Got it. Yeah. Uh, and at the end, it says Hermione took nobody's advice but signed up for everything. <laughs> I'm just like, damn right. Fairy telling of her. <laughs> she took nobody's advice, oh signed up for everything. Everyone's telling you, yeah, you're gonna overload yourself. That's not a good idea. She's like, Psh. yep. I'm the top of my class. Y'all can't even finish your. <laughs> Eight-inch essays. She's like, <laughs> I got better grades than all of you with a combined. Cat yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> while sitting in a hospital bed, not being able to hear the lectures. And while Madame Pomfrey was trying to tell me that I did not need to be doing homework. Mm. <laughs> like, because apparently, even though they can do all sorts of stuff and have these diaries where you can delve into this expansive virtual reality world, they can't stream the lecture to someone within the same building with a live video feed. Apparently not. Apparently they don't have the dongle for that. Apparently their monitors just aren't equipped for that. So it's it's really annoying that... I give up. I give up. <laughs> All these restrictions of the wizarding world, man. Like, why can't she watch the lecture from her room? There's really nothing to figure that out. Really? Even just a stone, a listening stone. You put one in one room, one in her room, and she can listen to it. Like... I would bet that she wasn't actually supposed... Like, she didn't have to make up this stuff. Oh. And that no other student would choose to actually attend the lecture. Yeah. And instead, Hermione is a crazy workhorse and, like, I can't fall behind. And mm. Madame Pomfrey's over there going, you're, you are healing, you are completely transforming your body back to human. Yeah. Like, yeah. that should be your first priority. No? Okay. Physical and mental emotional therapy. That's what you need. Yeah. That's... Not charms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I was just frustrated. Because it's, it's one of those weird restrictions of the wizarding world. 
like like there are books that can make it so you can not stop reading the book for the rest of your life can't fix that but anyway i wonder if that's telling of the time the book was written i think so like if she wrote that book today would she create some sort of live stream spell Ooh, oh that's what you mean yeah uh, like this was written 2000 like that that option was there but not very widely used really and it was really terrible youtube was awful yeah, did YouTube exist in 2000? Uh, it might have been 2006. It's, yeah, we're no, ta- YouTube we're talking, wasn't around in 2006. We're talking pre-YouTube here. Skype wasn't around. Uh, it was, there is like TeamSpeak, Ventrilo type stuff. Anyway. So that that might just be part of, you know, sometimes sci-fi predicts technology mm-hmm. and sometimes sci-fi is limited by the knowledge that's been predicted and, and the technology that's been predicted. Yeah, yeah. Huh, that's a good way to look at it. I guess I forgot that this was written, this was written you know, 16 years ago, going on wow. 17. Hmm, a lot to think about. 14. 14 years ago, probably. Well, published. So, yeah, it probably took a couple of years for her to write it. Yeah. Well, good stuff. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, so what, what do we want to hear from listeners this time around? Maybe mm. their favorite Harry Potter haiku, but Valentine's style. <laughs> Maybe what kind of class you would teach if you had to do Ooh. a Valentine's Day themed class? No, I want to hear what their extracurriculars would be. Like Hermione took everything. Oh, what are you gonna take? Hmm. Like everyone else, pretty much takes two, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. And so, like, you've got your core courses, which we already know. Mm-hmm. They all probably know what the other courses are. <laughs> Yeah, so there was like the animal one where you could work with the animals. There yeah. was the muggle studies that you could learn about muggles. Hermione was talking about arithmancy, mm. which I think is math, and also ancient runes, which I still don't know what that is. <laughs> you don't know what runes are? What would you learn about ancient runes? Oh, man. There's another podcast worth of stuff. I don't know. This. There's a lot going on with runes. It's, I don't know about in the Harry Potter universe, but certainly in, in fantasy in general. It's, it's uh, Spoiler alert, that doesn't really take a front seat ever hmm. in the Harry Potter universe, even though Hermione does take the class. <laughs> the Philosopher's Rune. Nope, not as catchy. Yeah. So we want to hear that from you guys, uh, and you can do that by tweeting us at WordstruckPod. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter at Clark Hodges. And I'm at Alyssa Small, and you could also, if uh, public expressions of your class, class choices or uh, are, are not your forte, or if you'd rather send us something longer than 140 characters, mm-hmm. uh, you can email us at wordstruckpodcast at gmail.com. This is true. And we always, always, always take Harry Potter haikus. I want to read some. I want them so badly. I think we have a couple. I haven't mm. seen any submitted. I've written a couple to try to elicit some. I thought at least a couple of people sent us one. Anyway. Well, well if, we'll if that's the case, gathered. we'll share them next time. So. Anyway, thanks so much, guys. Have a good night. Stay warm, even though I don't know where you're, you guys are you're at. You're not in the middle of 20 inches of snow, so. <laughs> still, stay warm. Bye. <laughs>